Welcome to the Made for Memories podcast, where we explore the sport and business of fishing and the great outdoors in Canada. Presented by Len Thompson and Northern King Lures. Here are your hosts, brother and sister duo, Brad Pallister and Jessica Pallister Dew. Hi, Jess. Hi, Bradley. I'm quite happy that you chose an evening podcast time instead of a morning podcast time. Maybe I'll be wittier. Maybe I'll be wittier. Brad is notoriously the definition of a night owl. And like Pallisters are not known, especially in our immediate family, are not known for being morning people. No. But you get the crown for sure. Yeah. When uh, back before the good old days, remember trade shows? Yep. Do you remember those? Yeah. You know, like saw a bunch of people and talked yep. business and had fun. Yeah. You remember yep. those? Um, yep. So I kind of developed this reputation for being the opener. So I would, <laughs> what did somebody call it once? I would Cinderella and at midnight I would just disappear because I knew that I had to be the responsible one and wake up in the morning well okay now just a second here so yeah you would cinderella but it wasn't because you were being responsible totally it's because i'm being responsible well no like you would have cinderella anyways you go to bed at nine or ten o'clock every night meanwhile i'm out and about developing relationships until three or four in the morning that's a sacrifice Thank you, favorite brother. Yes, we we are a good trade show team. Maybe trade shows are I think actually I know trade shows are coming back. Um, consumer shows are definitely back. And just I didn't tell you this, but second uh, distributor show has been confirmed. So, anyways, uh, who are we talking to today? Uh, we are talking to our friend Mike Zilkowski today. The kayak guy. The kayak guy. So. Mike, uh, I'm really excited about this episode because I feel like kayak fishing, well, I know that kayak fishing is such a growing segment in our industry. And I have a feeling that there's going to be a, uh, a lot of really good information in this episode. Yeah, it's uh, startling how where it just came from nowhere. Uh, all of a sudden there's kayaks everywhere in the stores and in the trade shows and whatnot, so um yeah it's uh I have never been you have been correct I have yes uh, we bought a, a, a kayak last year a fishing kayak it's definitely in my opinion more accessible for somebody who's a little intimidated by the idea of boat ownership I you know I, I just think it's it's definitely more welcoming yep yep well we yeah, other than it's right on the water, and I don't like that idea very much. But um, so we had uh, my son Max in swimming lessons, <clears throat> and uh, mom and dad came to watch him. And I think mom was having flashbacks. Well, I know she was because she kept telling stories about how freaking terrified you were during swimming lessons, about how she felt so 
so bad for you every time she puts you in a swimming lesson because you would just stand there shaking, refusing to jump into the water. Yeah, did you hear? Did you hear my uh, my debut jumping into the water or one of the debut jumping into the water stories? I'm famous for it, apparently. Okay, go. So, to pass whatever color it was, you had to jump off the diving board into the water into the hands of the instructor or whatever. And apparently I snuck up to the edge of the diving board, decided I didn't want to do that anymore, turned around to retreat and I slipped and fell in the water. Did you get a default pass for that? I don't remember. I sure as hell hope I did. <laughs> Is that what I, traumatized you? Like what, what traumatized you to water? Why do you I hate it so much? I don't know. I don't have, I don't have a good reason. I'm not traumatized. I just, I just. It's not like I'm, it's not like I'm scared of spiders. I just would prefer if, if I had a choice, I would prefer to walk in a Creek up to my waist rather than sit in a kayak that could sink above my head. So long story short, Brad is uncomfortable with water. I'm uncomfortable with water and early mornings. Is there anything else? Mm, Those are the ones that top of mind to me. Joy, maybe. Enthusiasm. <laughs> You're funny. Let's talk to Mike. Hi, Jess. Hi, Brad. Hi, Mike. Thank welcome. you for having me on. Thank you for coming. Um, welcome to the podcast. So, before we get started today, I'd like to tell you a little bit about our guest, Mike. Mike is someone we have gotten to know through the Lacombe Fishing Game Association. He is a self-described outdoor adventure enthusiast who is particularly passionate about kayak fishing. He is a pro staff for Garmin, Wilderness Systems, Fishing Kayaks, and Scotty Fishing Products. He has also poured his time and energy into founding the Western Canada Kayak Fishing Trail Tournament. Most importantly, Mike is a devoted dad of two and is passionate about fostering lifetime memories and outdoor skills in his kids, Ben and Emily. Did I nail it, Mike? You nailed it. Nice. You, you, I mean, you forgot to, you forgot to the, the part of, I try to fish. <laughs> but we're all trying to fish, really. Brad, Brad understands the pain of fishing with your small young children. Well, I understand the pain of fishing in general. I, <laughs> fishing gods don't like me very much. Well, that's because you're the, the one and only Brad Pallister. That's what I thought. Yeah, that's what I think. Mike, your your kids are ten and seven. Yes. When did you introduce them to fishing? Uh, ben got introduced to a kayak. He was about this big. Probably the first. I think the first picture I ever took of Ben. I put I before he ever came along. I already had a a six foot kayak bought for him. So. When he came along, the first picture I ever took of him, I folded up a camouflage blanket and put it down inside the kayak, laid him there asleep and put a fly rod next to it. So, um, yeah, they've been, uh, they've, they've been exposed to, to fishing, hunting, everything to the outdoors, just their whole lives. Um, Ben's first catch was, oh, probably at, I think four years old maybe took him out uh, ice fishing with a friend of mine and uh, he caught a perch so he had this little tackle box and 
He opened the little tackle box off, dumped everything into the floorboard of the truck, put this live fish in the bottom of the tackle box, put the lid back on, closed it up, and just bear hugged it the whole way home. So it was, it was great times. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I try and get them uh, exposed to exposed to fishing and, and hunting and being outdoors and, and just being responsible when they're anywhere they are outdoors as well. We try to get that and instill that in them right from the start. So. Very cool. What, uh, how many times did you take them out in a, in an average year? Uh, in the last couple of years, nowhere near enough. Um, when before life got really busy and, uh, before I started the trail and we got really busy with a bunch of other stuff that happening in life, we probably would go out at least every other weekend, either just ourselves or meet up with a group of friends and go out fishing for the day. Nice. Cool. You, you, you talked about the, the trail. So tell us about the Western Canada kayak fishing trail and how that started and, and what it's all about. Yeah. So, Oh geez, it was, I, I got introduced to kayak fishing and introduced to the East Slope Kayak Fishing Classic, which Len Thompson has been a, a, one of our longtime sponsors of that event. And I got introduced to that and went, wow, this is really cool. And the second year that I was involved, which was the, the actual third year of the, of the East Slope, um, the guy who's running it said, well, I'm done. It's yours. Do something with it. And I went, oh, no. So I learned really fast to, to go out and hit up sponsors and suck up to sponsors and give up your free time. And it just, the camaraderie that these kayak fishing events, it's, it's amazing. The, the people just come out, they want to have fun. It's not like these big tournaments where the guys are out to make thousands of dollars. So it got really enjoyable and everybody kept saying, you know, it'd be great to do a, to do more events in a year. And we started doing a few little get togethers and we had a, couple years that we did uh just like a, a qualifying event to to get in to fish the east slope we'd give you a free entry and then uh when i lost my dad i thought well this is a perfect thing i'd love to to put on a memorial derby for my dad and i thought well since i'm doing that maybe some other people want to do some derbies and i got hold of a bunch of like-minded individuals around and said hey i want to start our own kayak fishing series here in western canada at the time there was nothing uh, there was, uh, you know, a few derbies in Eastern Canada, but lots of stuff in the States. So I got hold of a bunch of other guys I knew down there and said, kind of give me a, a format, a layout of what you guys have done. And we took it and ran. The first year we had uh, five in-person derbies. Uh, this year we've got eight in-person derbies spanning between Alberta and Saskatchewan and a online derby that is part of it that runs from May the 15th through September 15th. So it's a uh, grown in leaps and bounds and it's no end in sight how did cool. you choose the locations uh fortunately i i i'm going to give a shout out to uh fish and wildlife dealing with uh, putting on the east slope for as many years as i did i formed a really good relationship with the uh senior biologist out of red deer and i said to him hey this is what i want to do where some good locations you think that we could would be good for kayak fishing lights so he put me in touch with the uh other biologists for those areas and said this is what we want to do and they were really happy to know that it's it's all catch photo release it has been since day one 
So there is no catching a fish and putting it in a live well or anything like that, taking it in for weighing it. You take a picture on a measuring board of the length of the fish and you dump it back. So they really liked that format that we did. So every year they were more than happy to have us uh, fish their lakes. And so now we are in consultation with them every year at the beginning of the year, we get hold and say, Hey, is there any, any other lake you think we should give a try instead of this one we used last year? So it's, it allows us to, to work with them hand in hand and really support and promote that sustainable fishing here in Alberta. Tell me about kayak fishing as a sport, because I think uh, in our industry, from our perspective, I remember uh, we went down to ICAST, our North American trade show for fishing tackle, and we took a two or three year um, break in probably about 2020, you figure, Jess, 16, it felt like every third booth was a kayak fishing booth. So yeah. what... Uh, tell me tell me about the sport tell me about what you know about how much it's grown and what draws people to 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 kayak fishing versus any other type of fishing yeah so uh it's it's funny you say that you you know you go to iCast you go to any of these big fishing shows and it's kayak fishing became the fastest growing niche in the fishing industry and it's all because of a few simple reasons. And I, I really love the reasons. Number one, uh, I don't need a boat launch. I can throw my kayak on my truck. I can drive down the road. And if I see a little lake off in the distance, I can pull my truck over into the ditch, unload my kayak, drag it through the grass, over the logs, over the stumps, and get into these little backwoods lakes that nobody can fish. Um, you don't have the insurances. You don't have the overheads, the maintenance costs you have with a boat, anything like that. Um, I absolutely love it because you can get out, you can kayak fish, you can get out on a lake and you'll see a, a little opening in lily pads. That's 10 yards off of shore, but there's 50 yards of lily pads. You can slowly paddle in across those lily pads and fish these openings right when that ice is coming off. And you can, you can get into these waters that nobody in a big boat ever can guys from shore can't reach to where you are and the guys in the boat can't follow you into that shallow water. So it gives you that opportunity to fish locations that uh, are quite inaccessible to, to most other types. And of course, you know, being, being a kayak, they paddle so nice. You know, there's, there's lots of guys still that have, uh, we've, we've had guys come out to some of our events that have got the little inflatable rubber rafts and they're out there rowing and, God bless them. They're giving her, but they're not going very fast. You know, these new kayaks, they've, they're pedal drives. There's, there's all these different setups. You can get them with motors, you paddle them. They fly through the water. They've been designed for kayak anglers by kayak anglers. So they're really set up to customize exactly what you want. And it's, like I said, it, it's crazy. Now, everywhere you go, there's people on the water and it's like, well, there's a kayak angler. There's a kayak angler places that you would never see it before and you used to get a weird look driving down the road with your kayaks on your vehicle and now people go by with their kayaks and it's like like the bikers how they all lower their hand out to see each other now you're driving down the road and you see somebody else with fishing kayaks you're like hi look at me look at me i want to say hi so <laughs> uh, do you have a vest like uh do you yeah just leave your pfd on all the time in the vehicle okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> life jackets yeah, yeah. Life jackets <laughs> how uh how much is uh 
is probably a big question and, and uh, but how what's a starting point and and mid-level point uh, retail for uh for a good uh angling uh, kayak depends what you want to do with it how much you want to go uh we've got lots of guys that will hop into the pelican kayaks you buy at costco and walmart and all of this stuff so you know you're 400 bucks there's guys out there fishing in those up to you know some of us oh <laughs> uh some of us our, our kayaks are, are pretty much worth what a boat is so you know for that two thousand dollars you can get a great paddling kayak get a good paddle a good pfd um you get into your pedal driven kayaks you're now looking probably starting to get into it around that $2,400 all the way up to depending on some of the high-end ones are $5,000 just for the kayak and then you outfit it with your sonar and you know we've we, we've got to the point where our anglers are they, they've got everything a big bass boat has they've got the the huge the 10 inch garmin screens we've got live scopes on kayaks we've got everything so it's like I said, it, it's all what you want to put in. Biggest thing I would say for people is get a good paddle and get a good PFD. That's your two most important things because a light paddle is going to let you fish longer and a PFD is a must. Always wear your PFD on the water. Other than that, buy a cheap entry kayak. Decide if you like it. If you like it, you can always set that aside for friends that want to come out and you can upgrade yourself to something better down the road. We purchased a fishing kayak last year, my husband and I, and we went the inflatable route, which I thought long and hard about because we really wanted the, the pedals, but it just made more sense for, from like a portability perspective to see if we really wanted to get into it and upgrade. And it's gotten quite a bit of use. We go camping a lot out at Buck Lake and it's one of exactly what Mike said. It's just easy to put in the water and um it's a two-person one so usually I make my husband Mike paddle me around and I fish which works really well for me so I didn't even need the pedals to begin with and it's I don't know there's something about being so close to the water so close to the element and so quiet that you just don't get in another in like a standard boat yeah and it, I'll, I'll liken it back to I grew up cut my teeth fly fishing for rainbow trout on a dry fly out of a 16 foot fiberglass canoe and you're out there it's dead quiet you're making no noise there's nothing it's it's just that it it almost sounds corny but it's that getting back and getting in touch with nature and just being one with nature when you're out there it can be so peaceful and calming being out on the water in a kayak so you've been running the tournament for how many years now? This year will be the 11th year of the East Slope. And now the trail, uh, this is the fourth year for the trail running events already. So it would have been five years, but again, we, we took one year off. And, and the one year that we took off from the in-person events was when I started doing the online event because I knew everybody still wanted to compete and have some sort of that, that friendly participation friendly uh camaraderie and competition so i started the, that's when i started the freshwater summer slam for everybody and it was uh, such a hit that we we're now in our third year of that nice 
So what have you figured, what have you found to be the biggest challenge of running a tournament or a mul- I guess in this particular case, it's multi multiple tournaments, multiple derbies over an extended period of time. What's the biggest challenge of, of, uh, of, of your, of your quest? Oh, there's so many. <laughs> I'm so thankful. I've, I've got a, a group of directors now on board with me that are all phenomenal. Um, they're, we, we've got one from Saskatchewan and then the other ones are all around uh, Alberta here as far north as Fairview and then down into Calgary, three around the Edmonton area. So, you know, we've, we've got a good group of people now. So now I think the biggest thing is trying to do bigger and better than we've done. Uh, last year being our 10th year of the East Slope Classic, it was, you know, well, what are we going to do? Well, we raised our entry fee and, you know, we made special shirts and we had a all seasons catering come out of black or out of red deer and they brought a trailer and we did a a pig roast like a whole pig and we had a brewery come out and they donated a bunch of beer that they gave us samples and stuff so you know so now it's like okay well how can we do one better each year but yeah other than that i i think one of the big things i have is trying to really step back now and and last year i kind of told everybody you know, that's it. I'm, I'm kind of done with the East slope. You guys now run that. I've, I want to make my dad's derby something really special and I'll still help out. So for me, that was a, that was a big thing was to kind of take that step back and say, you know what? Okay. No longer am I the, am I the guy running it? It's now going to be a group of people that have equal decisions. So it was a little hard to swallow at first, but now I'm so happy to, that I stepped back and said, I don't want to do it anymore by myself. Well, it sounds like you kept the important one. Um, your dad's name was Alan. Is that right? Yes. Alan Zolkowski Memorial Tournament. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, we just actually had it. It was the last weekend of May and it's a, my dad was a fly fishing purist. I I don't think I ever saw him use a a wet fly until I was in my twenties. It was all dry fly, everything. And he, he came out to Alberta the first time and he fished, came out and fished the East slope. He was out there for for pike and walleye fly fishing so he was uh, well liked by all of the guys that he met at the derby so i just thought it was the perfect thing so it's a trout on the fly you can use whatever you want to for your rod but it had to be a fly at the end and this year uh, it was an amazing turnout we we did it as a, a charity event for this year where we said okay we're not going to do any payouts we're going to do full charity and uh, yeah we had 49 people out fishing on open creek dam so the water was for a two kilometer long lake there was 49 of us fishing plus all of the lo- all of the other people that were just there for the weekend so it was fun sounds like a blast it was so what's uh what's the next big event on the tournament trail if people want to get involved um so just this past weekend we had the battle on buffalo which was on buffalo lake uh this coming weekend so for june the 18th is we've got an event out on dried meat lake outside of camrose Um, after that we're going into we're going to Mosier lake which is creighton saskatchewan so it's a a long drive but some amazing fish there Uh, we come back july 9th uh, lesser slave lake uh, July 23rd, we're back out to Saskatchewan, but we're down by Swift Current fishing Lake Diefenbaker. 
which is basically the the, the river there. So there's a, some amazing fish in there. Um, after that, the August long weekend is our big kind of premier event. That's the East Slope Kayak Fishing Classic. That's a two-day event. And we host that on Glenifer Lake. And then uh, August 13th, we are going back up to Cold Lake for the Cold Lake Classic. So kayak fishing lake trout. Papers. That sounds like a busy summer. It's, it's a busy summer, yeah. And I'll have to say this. We do have guys. Um, I don't know if there's anybody that will hit every derby this year. But when I first started the trail, I had a, a school teacher from Saskatchewan drive out to Alberta and hit every single derby. He got off school uh, Friday. His truck was loaded up. He drove all night long. We woke up in the morning. He was sleeping in his truck by the launch. He would fish, stay the night, wake up in the morning and drive home. So there's some hardcore anglers out there. Okay. <laughs> when you travel, you pull the camper too, right? For the most part. Yeah. A lot of the events that I attend, um, I take the camper cause I, I want my family with me for it. It's we, we try and make sure like dad's derby and the East slope are kind of the big ones where people come and camp. So we really want to make those as, as family friendly as we can get people to bring their kids out. Very cool. Good for you. What, uh, where would somebody go? My last question for you before we move on to the rapid fire portion of the podcast they would go to len thompson and buy a five of diamonds oh well that would be wonderful too but <laughs> where does somebody learn the basics of kayak fishing is there a resource is there a retailer is there a uh you know is there a youtube channel personality yeah exactly where, where would somebody learn the basics um yeah so there's there's lots on on youtube um, the, the biggest problem I find with a lot of the YouTube stuff you find is a lot of the guys are down out of the States bass fishing. So for anybody in Alberta, that doesn't really help us. Um, so the Western Canada kayak fishing trail, we have a, a Facebook page and Instagram. We have a YouTube channel. Um, we have a, a Facebook group as well. There's just like a regular group. So we just encourage people to get on and interact with us on social media. Um, you know, like my, myself, I, I take questions all the time. If anybody's got questions, they can feel free to reach out to me. Um, Mike Zilkowski, I'm on Facebook. I've got uh, Mike Zilkowski Outdoor Adventures is my kind of Facebook page where I, uh, I show off how bad I fish and how good my son fishes and, you know, our hunting adventures and stuff like that. So if anybody's got questions, just reach out to us, any of our groups on social media. And that's the biggest resource you can have out there. Would you be able to send me a list of some of your top resources that we can post alongside the show notes? Absolutely. Fantastic. I can do that. So are you familiar with the rules of rapid fire? Uh, if I go over time, Brad wags his finger at me and I lose a point. Correct. And, and if I, if I can work Len Thompson into it, I get an extra point. <laughs> I'm, I'm i am the softer parent for sure <laughs> okay rapid fire question number one three tips for fishing with kids go patience 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 um when you're fishing with your kids 
Don't make it a boat that you want to catch anything. Doesn't matter if kids catch anything, make it enjoyable experience for them. Take the hook off at first, just have a, just have your lure body on, cast it out, let them get used to casting, not catching weeds. It'll get them going excited about it, but just have patience and enjoy that time. Well done. I got a thumbs up. That's high praise. Question number two, your best childhood memory of fishing. Uh, best childhood memory of fishing. I've got a lot because I fished different areas with my mom and dad, but I would say uh, definitely fishing with my dad, Lost Lake outside of uh, Kelowna, moon out in the canoe, fishing rainbow trout on a dry fly, dead quiet, listening to the crickets, picture perfect. Some of my favorite fishing memories with our family when we were kids is we used to go camping all the time at Trenville Park, which is just along the Red Deer River. And I agree. I mean, it was about the ambiance. We used to like look for the fireflies. They always had fireflies out there and we would go fishing for gold eye and it wasn't catching trophies, but it was just always so serene. And I still, Trenville still one of my happy places. Just being out there and connecting with nature. And gold eye fishing really is a blast. They are the tarpon of the north. You you want an amazing time, get a, a tour, a three-weight fly rod and hook into gold eye with that. Man, it is a fight. Or a small Len Thompson spoon, perhaps. Use an ultralight rod with like a six-pound braid. And then, yeah, the, the little... Uh, you, you People can say whatever they want. My go-to... There's a green frog. Always. I don't know why I will always go to the green frog first, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, absolutely. The smallest Len Thompson's you can get on there and you catch any, catch a gold eye on any light, lightweight rod. It's, it's a blast. There's nothing more fun. Question number three. We're segueing into a very appropriate question of what is the best memory you have helped create for your family go oh that's a tough one the best see I, I i go fishing at different times with all of my family but for ben uh catching a flounder offshore uh off of nile outside of nile creek uh, for Emily, it was catching her first uh, northern pike with uh, actually the weekend we lost my dad. She caught her first fish and he was there for it. And for my wife, it was uh, her catching a walleye bigger than I've ever caught. Question number four, and this is my self-serving question because I'm very, very curious. Um, for those of us who may not have fish finders on our kayaks, what is your strategy for scouting out a new fishery? 30 seconds on the clock. Uh, bring up Google Go. Earth. Look at the lake. You can see the, the difference in colors of the lake. It'll show you where the shallows are compared to the other areas. Uh, fishing boards go on social media platforms, that kind of stuff. But really, um, whenever you're going to fish a, a new body of water, whatever way the wind's blowing, Follow the wind, fish that shoreline because the wind will blow all the bait over to that shoreline. It's always a good place to start. 
Mike, you've had lots of giving back to the community in terms of being uh, heavily involved with East Slopes, um, starting your own um, fishing trail, and your time with the Lacombe Fish Game Association. I'm sure there's probably others. Uh, tell us why people should join uh, and make a difference in uh, organizations that uh, support conservation initiatives. Ah, um, yeah, it's to, to be, I mean, let's be honest, hunting, fishing, it's the hunters and the fishermen's out there that are providing all that money into that conservation. So really we are the stewards of the land we can't let other people go and say, oh, hunting's bad, fishing's bad. We need to be able to promote it as best we can. And we do that just by being responsible anglers out on the water. Catch, release, clean up our garbage, pick up other people's garbage. But we got to be involved. Uh, question number six. It can be very difficult asking for sponsorships. Tell us your secret to a great pitch. Um, we're horrible we we tug at the heartstrings we we collect any of the donation monies anything like that that we collect we use to dump back into things that get kids out fishing so it's pretty hard for a, a, a supplier to say no i don't i don't want to sponsor something that's going to to benefit kids fishing and future sustainable fishing practices it's pretty hard for them to say no question number seven You've obviously dealt with lots of tournament anglers over the years. What's the best advice you give to these new tournament anglers once you meet them? Don't follow me. <laughs> um, no, the, the best advice is ask questions. If you've got any question at all at any, any of the kayak fishing events, any tournament otherwise, if you see a kayak angler, go over and ask him for help. You know, they're everybody out there in the kayak fishing community is we're there to, to promote kayak fishing and it we're a giant family. It's it's a cliche, but we really are a family. We know each other very well. Last question. <clears throat> What's the wildest mishap that ever happened during a tournament? uh one east slope we had some really bad weather we were fishing gull lake but i'm gonna actually throw it back to uh one of my dad's memorial derbies the wind picked up and got absolutely horrible and two of the biggest kayaks the hobie pro anglers that everybody says are so super stable there two of them turtled and lost a whole bunch of gear in dixon trout pond so that'd probably be the worst <laughs> Was it, was, were you one of those kayaks? No, I fish out of a wilderness systems. Nope. Was not me. All right, Mike, we gave you an assignment. You did. So funny thing, you should say this, uh, driving home from work, listening to sunny FM, there was a fishing joke that came on. So I had to, I had to steal that one. So I'll give you that one too. And it's, uh, what do you call a fish wearing a bow tie? sophisticated uh, total bad dad joke i like that one i haven't heard that one before I, i'm gonna throw these two out there my son asked me to tell this one uh what do you call a fish with no eyes i like this one <laughs> and and then of course uh one of my other directors 
He's like, I'm like, I, I need to figure out a really good fishing joke. And he's like, oh, here's the best one. So what's the difference between a Len Thompson five of diamonds and me? Len Thompson five of diamonds catches fish. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's, that, that's, that's my dad jokes. Well done. <laughs> we got three jokes. Yeah, that's because it's after hours. Mike, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. Well, thank you guys for uh, having me on. It's great to be able to get on and, and talk kayak fishing and talk about our fishing trail. And um, Jess, we still have to get out. Maybe we'll even get Brad out there. Too close to the water for me. I'll put you in one of the ones that's got a high seat. Oh, good. Okay. So Mike, before we go, I know that you had mentioned a few ways to get in touch with you earlier, but what is the absolute best way to get in touch with you? If people have questions about tournament or uh, if they want to know turn anything, they can easiest thing to do is shoot me an email, Mike Zilkowski at gmail.com. I will answer any questions about kayak fishing, anything they've got until next time. Happy fishing. <laughs>